Merry Christmas from Former Adventist Podcast. I'm Colleen Tinker. And I'm Nikki Stevenson. So Merry Christmas, Nikki. Merry Christmas. I counted. And this is actually the fifth Christmas episode that we've done. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's gone so quickly. It's been just over four years since we started. I want to thank everybody out there for being part of our Former Adventist Podcast family. Thank you for your letters. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your support over the years and for learning the Bible with us, for praying for us. And thank you to those who have supported us with donations. This podcast is produced by Life Assurance Ministries, and it's only one of the resources that we provide for people who are questioning and leaving Adventism, as well as for those who are trying to understand what Adventism is. Our primary website is proclamationmagazine.com, and there you will find links to our online articles and proclamation magazines, to this podcast, and to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to our weekly proclamation email newsletter at that site, and you can also donate to Life Assurance Ministries using the Donate tab there. And please subscribe to the podcast either on YouTube or on any podcast server, such as Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and leave a comment wherever you listen if you feel like it, because your subscriptions and your comments actually help this podcast to reach more people. So, Nikki, I have a question, as I always do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nikki, as you reflect on this year with our walk through Revelation, what are your thoughts as you come into Christmas? Well, you know, each year that we have done a Christmas special, I feel like I experience Christmas differently. And I know I say that every year, (laughs) but it's like as we walk through the Bible, I keep putting new things in my backpack Uh of information in my worldview and you know, when I first became a Christian, Christmas was new because it wasn't just about Jesus. It was now about the cross too, why he came. That became really important to me. In fact, the first couple of Christmases that we were believers, Carl put a cross up in our yard. I remember that. It was just an entirely new symbol at Christmas time. So then we did Daniel and that started to just add more even to that backpack of, of knowledge in, in my picture of what Christ did. And then we add revelation, and it just continues to grow and get bigger and bigger. When I heard the word Advent the first time at uh-huh. the Christmas season, I became very confused. I didn't know Advent was a word that Christians use to talk about Christ's coming. Oh, that's really interesting. So even using the word Advent as it refers to Christmas was new to me as a believer. Mm-hmm. But now I have this idea of the second advent that's infiltrating Christmas for me. So as Christians, we look at Christ when he came as a baby and he humbled himself and he took a body to himself. And then he went out into the world and did his ministry and revealed the father and then suffered and died and rose again. And we see the suffering servant that the Jews missed, right? Yes. So the Christian picture of Christ at Christmas from between Christmas and the cross is the suffering servant. And now after walking through Revelation, I see the conquering king in a new way. You know, he had conquered death. He had risen to the right hand of the father. He had the keys of death. He reigns in a very real way right now. But there is this new picture now of the conquering king coming at the culmination of human history that is just even more precious and fills Christmas out even more for me. I don't know how exactly to explain it beyond that. Mm -hmm. 
but I know exactly what you mean because it's done the same thing for me. I think about how different my view of Jesus's return is than it used to be. Nikki, we were just talking about this before. He's coming to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Yeah. He hasn't done that yet. Mm-hmm. As I think about these things that we're seeing in Revelation, and to me, the surprise of noticing that in the middle of Revelation 12, where John sees the woman in the sky with the crown of stars and standing with the moon at her feet, and all the symbolism of Israel and the red dragon waiting for that baby to be born, and God snatches the baby up to heaven, and then we see the woman being hidden in the ground while persecution breaks out. It's such an interesting thing for me to realize I'm seeing Christmas in that symbol Mm -hmm. of the red dragon waiting. He was waiting to devour the child, and when Jesus was born, that happened. Satan wanted to devour the child, and he put out a death sentence for all the boy babies two and under, that they be killed. But God saved that baby and took him into, of all places, Egypt. (laughs) So I'm seeing Christmas right in the middle of all of this symbolism of the trouble that's coming on the world, that has been on the world. And I'm also seeing that Jesus is a Jew. Mm -hmm. And I, I think about that sometimes, because it's very different from the way I thought about Jesus as an Adventist. As an Adventist, he was just, you know... Yeah, he came from Mary, he came from the Jews, he came from the tribe of Judah, but it didn't really stick in my head that Jesus is eternally a Jew. Mm. He's a Jew. I have a Jewish Savior. What an amazing thing. And I'm a Gentile. It's having a similar effect on me to go through Revelation and to see these things in a way I've never seen them. Yeah. Doesn't it take you back to that throne room? Over and over. Tell me what you're thinking when you go back there. Well, you know, actually, I was listening to Revelation again this morning, just as I was getting ready and moving through the house, doing my chores, and get to that part where the 24 elders are falling to the ground every time that beings are are saying, holy, 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 and they're casting their crowns. and, And you picture that lamb who was slain, who had the wounds of slaughter, And he's the one who's worthy to open the seven seals of the scroll. And he has the title deed to the earth. And this is the baby who came. Just the fact that he is pictured as a lamb and we are called sheep. I know. He identifies with us. And he came and he was so helpless in that manger. And yet he was holding the whole universe together at that very moment. It's mind-boggling to picture the holiness of God in his throne room and to think of that baby in the manger. I don't know, it's just different this year again. It is to me too. And when you were recounting that, thinking about him being the baby who's holding everything together, it reminded me of what one of the people at our Friday night FAF said this just this last week. It was Joey. She will know who she is. (laughs) And she made the comment that Jesus was in Mary's womb knitting himself together. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know, right? I can't stop thinking about that because he is the one, according to Colossians 1, that holds all things together, and that is his role in the Trinity, Mm -hmm. and that never stopped, even when he was in the womb and even when he was in the tomb. This is who we worship this season and why it's making me so emotional. Again, (laughs) I can't explain, but it is. Yeah. Have you noticed... This year, I don't know why every year the Christmas carols take on new depth for me. And even this year, we were singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. 
And I know it's a Christmas carol, but as you sing through those verses and you sing out, come and ransom captive Israel, and you're walking through Revelation and you're uh-huh. seeing <laughs> what's foretold in those pages and you think about the cry of the heart of the people during Jacob's time of trouble, waiting for Messiah to come. It's overwhelming. It's a song that takes me back to Christmas and forward to what's next, the things that will take place after this. What are the pieces inside that hymn that especially strike you now that we're walking through Revelation? It's an amazing hymn. I've always loved O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And the words are old. They're 19th century words, but the music is even older. It was actually plain chant. It was very, very old. And I do love this hymn. Just starting with the first verse, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Isn't it different now when you think of what Revelation is telling us is going to happen? Yeah. We're going to have 144,000 sealed Jews. We're going to have witnesses in the streets. We're going to have people coming to faith, waiting for the Son of God to appear to come back. And we know it's going to happen. Jesus told the Pharisees, you won't see me again until until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It will happen. It will happen. I love that second verse too. O come, O wisdom from on high, who ordered all things mightily to us, the path of knowledge show and teach us in its ways to go. And I think about that path of knowledge so differently now than I used to. How's that changed for you? This is eternal life that they may know you. That the knowledge that Christians seek after is knowledge of God. It's knowing Him. It's not knowing the steps. (laughs) No steps to Christ. Yeah, no steps to Christ. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. You know, my daughter has been saying a lot lately, Mom, the difference between Christianity and these other religions is that they have rules and things that they have to do, but Christianity is a relationship with a person. It's different. And we're responding to that relationship and to that person, and that changes what we do, but it's motivated completely differently. And so that knowledge is not, as you said, steps to Christ. (laughs) It's it's knowing Him. That's right. I think of 1 Corinthians 1 verse, I think it's 30, where it says, Christ has become for you wisdom and redemption and righteousness, but wisdom. And I think about that sometimes, that Christ Himself has become for us wisdom. That means that people who know Him, who are sealed with the Holy Spirit, who are born again, have access to understanding and insight and wisdom about reality that unbelievers don't have. And I can't explain that, but don't you know it's true? Absolutely. You know, sometimes we want to know details of specific paths or life choices that we need to make, and and we seek wisdom to know how to do that. And And we don't always get that little magic eight ball that you shake and it tells you what to do, you know, but we can always go back to the wisdom that God gives us in his word about who he is, what he's promised to provide for us, who we are and what he's asking us to do in that context. And sometimes that's enough to just help you put one foot in front of the other and trust him. You know, Proverbs three says, that we're not to assess the world and lean on our own interpretation, our own understanding, that we acknowledge Him in all our ways, and He'll direct our paths. 
So that knowledge really is just fully engaging with that relationship and his word. It's really true, Nikki. You know, that was a memory verse for me in Sabbath school as a little girl. Was it? Oh, yes. And it did not mean to me what it means to me now. He really does direct our paths, Mm -hmm. but it means I have to be willing to let him. I have to be willing to give up my right to control outcomes. Mm -hmm. Or to think that you know what's going on while it's happening. (laughs) Especially that. (laughs) I really can't see everything. (laughs) The next verse, well, actually, I'm going to skip verse 3. Verse 3 describes who this God is that that they're singing to, who Emmanuel is. He's the Lord of might who came to Sinai and gave the Jews the law. And then in verse four, O come, O branch of Jesse's stem unto your own and rescue them from depths of hell, your people save and give them victory or the grave. And then five, O come, O key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home, make safe for us the heavenward road and bar the way to death's abode. That key of David shows up in Revelation too, doesn't it? Yes, it it does. That was in the letters to the churches. It was. It was in the letters to the churches. And the writer goes on and prays for the Lord to dispel the shadows of the night, to turn the darkness into light. This is stuff we experience as believers who were grafted into the promises made to Abraham. Absolutely. But there's a future promise here for Israel as well. And then the last verse, O come, O king of nations. Bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid all our sad divisions cease and be yourself our king of peace. This is yet to come. So we sing this to the Lord of Christmas. Yes, I love that. But we continue to pray these prayers that he would come and that he would execute his justice, his judgments, his redemption for all people. You know, one thing that's been very clear to me as we've been going through Revelation and Daniel is that it's interesting to me how long it takes for the shift in my head after Adventism to occur. But it's just really clear to me that God's promises to Israel are promises He will keep. Yeah, His promises to Abraham yeah. are promises He will keep. These promises don't grow out of the Mosaic Covenant primarily, although they provide for them. But it's those promises to Abraham. Mm -hmm. And I love what you often say, Nikki, that we're grafted into God's people, not through the Mosaic Law, not through Moses, but through Abraham. Mm -hmm. We become children of God through the promises given to Abraham. But that doesn't negate the fact that there was a promised son and there was a promised seed. And God has promises for Israel and the seed of Abraham that came from Isaac that will be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And that means if that's true, he will keep his promises to me, to the Gentiles, to the church. And I think about that amazing verse in Luke 2, where Simeon takes the little child Jesus in his arms when Joseph and Mary bring him to the temple. He's been told by the Holy Spirit that he won't die until he sees the Lord's Christ. Mm -hmm. And when they come in, he knows it's him. And he says, he blesses God and he says, now, Lord, you are permitting your servant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, the light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He separated those two people groups, but they're both included in the final glory. It's really quite an amazing thing. 
Yeah. I, I recently read that that when God expands his promises, it never means less than what it originally meant. It only means more. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. He's not a God of subtraction. Yeah. So I have an Emmanuel carol yes. that I've been thinking about this season too. And it's a little bit more about what we're experiencing now mm -hmm. than of the promises to Israel. But it's all combined. This is a song called Sing We the Song of Emmanuel. And it says, the first verse, Sing we the song of Emmanuel, this, the Christ who was long foretold. Lo, in the shadows of Bethlehem, promise of dawn, now our eyes behold, God most high in a manger laid. Lift your voices and now proclaim great and glorious love has come to us. Join now with the hosts of heaven. Come we to welcome Emmanuel, king who came with no crown or throne. Helpless he lay, the invincible maker of Mary, now Mary's son. Oh, what wisdom to save us all, shepherds, sages before him fall. Grace and majesty, what humility, come on bended knee, adore him. Go, spread the news of Emmanuel, joy and peace for the weary heart. Lift up your heads, for your king has come. Sing, for the light overwhelms the dark. Glory shining for all to see. Hope alive. Let the gospel ring. God has made a way. He will have the praise. Tell the world his name is Jesus. Glory shining for all to see. Hope Alive, let the gospel ring. God has made a way. He will have the praise. Tell the world his name is Jesus. And I think about that, and I think that's what Revelation is telling us. Yeah. That's what this book that causes stomach aches and headaches and fear among so many former Adventists when they think about opening it up and reading it. This book promises a blessing for anyone who will read and hear the words. And these declarations of victory are what this book is about, and they're for us. Mm. And if you haven't experienced that joy and peace of knowing that you will be part of the victory of the Lamb, if you haven't experienced what it means to be born again through trusting the finished work of Jesus' death, His burial, and His resurrection on the third day, according to Scripture, then bring yourself to the foot of his cross this Christmas and realize that you need to be saved like we all need to be saved because we are born dead in sin. But Jesus was born alive, the only human baby who didn't have to be born again. God smuggled life into our world so that we could be given life, and he opened a way out of this domain of darkness through his blood. Trust him today and let this Christmas be the start of a new life. And join us next week as we look forward to the new year together. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll see you then.